0: This is day 79 of our daily Bible reading. We'll be completing 2nd Chronicles chapters 24 through 28. Lord heavenly Father, you are the almighty. You are creator of all things. You are far beyond our imagination in power and glory and majesty. And Lord, yet at the same time, you have caused us to join you in your heavenly realms we are there now in spirit, and we are looking forward to a time where we will spend eternity with you because you want us there. Lord, that because we share the same nature as Christ in his resurrection, we are also prophets, and we are also priests, and we are also kings just like Jesus. Lord, how wonderful that is that you have allowed us to share in that inheritance. We just thank you for that opportunity, and Even if we just get a glimpse of that in the mortal coil, that it would change the way we look at things, and that we would abandon all and just serve you with a whole heart. Lord God, please bless this time as we enter into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Joash was seven years old when he became king, and he reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Zibiah from Beersheba. Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. Jehoiada took two wives for him, and he became the father of sons and daughters. Now it came about after this that Joash decided to restore the house of the Lord. He gathered the priests and Levites and said to them, Go out to the cities of Judah and collect money from all Israel to repair the house of the Lord annually and you shall do the matter quickly. But the Levites did not act quickly. So the king summoned Jehoiada, the chief priest, and said to him, Why have you not required the Levites to bring in from Judah and from Jerusalem the levy fixed by Moses, the servant of the Lord, on the congregation of Israel for the tent of the testimony? For the sons of the wicked Athaliah had broken into the house of God, and even used the holy things of the house of the Lord for the bales. So the king commanded, and they made a chest, and set it outside by the gate of the house of the Lord. They made a proclamation in Judah and Jerusalem to bring to the Lord the levy fixed by Moses, the servant of God, on Israel in the wilderness. All the officers and all the people rejoiced and brought in their levies, and dropped them into the chest until they had finished. It came about whenever the chest was brought in to the king's officer by the Levites, and when they saw that there was much money, then the king's scribe and the chief priest's officer would come, empty the chest, take it, and return it to its place. Thus they did daily, and collected much money. The king and Jehoiada gave it to those who did the work of the service of the house of the Lord. And they hired masons and carpenters to restore the house of the Lord, and also workers in iron and bronze to repair the house of the Lord. So the workmen labored, and the repair work progressed in their hands, and they restored the house of God according to its specifications and strengthened it. When they had finished, they brought the rest of the money before the king and Jehoiada, and it was made into utensils for the house of the Lord, utensils for the servants and for the burnt offering, and pans and utensils of gold and silver. And they offered burnt offerings in the house of the Lord continually all the days of Jehoiada. Now when Jehoiada reached a ripe old age, he died. He was one hundred and thirty years old at his death. They buried him in the city of David among the kings because he had done well in Israel and to God and his house. But after the death of Jehoiada, the officials of Judah came and bowed down to the king, and the king listened to them. They abandoned the house of the Lord, the God of their fathers, and served the Asherim and the idols. So wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem for this, their guilt. Yet he sent prophets to them to bring them back to the Lord. Though they testified against them, they would not listen. Then the Spirit of God came on Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada the priest. And he stood above the people and said to them, Thus God has said, Why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord and do not prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, he has also forsaken you. So they conspired against him, and at the command of the king, they stoned him to death in the court of the house of the Lord. Thus Joash the king did not remember the kindness which his father Jehoiada had shown him, but he murdered his son. And as he died, he said, May the Lord see and avenge. Now it happened at the turn of the year that the army of the Arameans came up against him, and they came to Judah and Jerusalem, destroyed all the officials of the people from among the people, and sent all their spoil to the king of Damascus. Indeed, the army of the Arameans came with a small number of men, yet the Lord delivered a very great army into their hands, because they had forsaken the Lord, the God of their fathers. Thus they executed judgment on Joash. When they had departed from him, for they left him very sick, his own servants conspired against him because of the blood of the son of Jehoiada the priest, and murdered him on his bed. So he died, and they buried him in the city of David, but they did not bury him in the tombs of the kings. Now these are those who conspired against him. Zabad, the son of Shimeath, the Ammonitess, and Jehozabad, the son of Shimrith, the Moabitess. As to his sons and the many oracles against him and the rebuilding of the house of God, behold, they are written in the treatise of the book of the kings. Then Amaziah, his son, became king in his place. Amaziah was twenty-five years old when he became king, And he reigned twenty-nine years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jehoadon of Jerusalem. He did right in the sight of the Lord, yet not with a whole heart. Now it came about as soon as the kingdom was firmly in his grasp that he killed his servants who had slain his father the king. However, he did not put their children to death, but did as it is written in the law of the book of Moses which the Lord commanded, saying, Fathers shall not be put to death for sons, nor sons be put to death for fathers, but each shall be put to death for his own sin. Moreover, Amaziah assembled Judah and appointed them according to their father's households under commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds throughout Judah and Benjamin. And he took a census of those from twenty years old and upward, and found them to be 300,000 choice men, able to go to war and handle spear and shield. He also hired 100,000 valiant warriors out of Israel for 100 talents of silver. But a man of God came to him, saying, O king, do not let the army of Israel go with you, for the Lord is not with Israel, nor with any of the sons of Ephraim, But if you do go, do it. Be strong for the battle. Yet God will bring you down before the enemy, for God has power to help and to bring down. Amaziah said to the man of God, But what shall we do for the one hundred talents which I have given to the troops of Israel? And the man of God answered, The Lord has much more to give you than this. Then Amaziah dismissed them, the troops which came to him from Ephraim, to go home. So their anger burned against Judah, and they returned home in fierce anger. Now Amaziah strengthened himself and led his people forth, and went to the Valley of Salt, and struck down ten thousand of the sons of Seir. The sons of Judah also captured ten thousand alive, and brought them to the top of the cliff, and threw them down from the top of the cliff, so that they were all dashed to pieces. But the troops whom Amaziah sent back from going with him to battle, raided the cities of Judah, from Samaria to Beth-horon, and struck down three thousand of them, and plundered much spoil. Now after Amaziah came from slaughtering the Edomites, he brought the gods of the sons of Seir, set them up as his gods, bowed down before them, and burnt incense to them. Then the anger of the Lord burned against Amaziah, and he sent him a prophet who said to him, Why have you sought the gods of the people who have not delivered their own people from your hand? As he was talking with him, the king said to him, Have we appointed you a royal counselor? Stop! Why should you be struck down? Then the prophet stopped and said, I know that God has planned to destroy you, because you have done this and have not listened to my counsel. Then Amaziah king of Judah took counsel and sent to Joash the son of Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu, the king of Israel, saying, Come, let us face each other. Joash the king of Israel sent to Amaziah king of Judah, saying, The thorn-bush which was in Lebanon sent to the cedar which was in Lebanon, saying, Give your daughter to my son in marriage. But there passed by a wild beast that was in Lebanon and trampled the thorn-bush. You said, Behold, you have defeated Edom, and your heart has become proud in boasting. Now stay at home, for why should you provoke trouble, so that you, even you, Would fall and Judah with you. But Amaziah would not listen, for it was from God that he might deliver them into the hands of Joash, because they had sought the gods of Edom. So Joash, king of Israel, went up, and he and Amaziah, king of Judah, faced each other at Beth Shemesh, which belonged to Judah. Judah was defeated by Israel and they fled each to his tent. Then Joash king of Israel captured Amaziah king of Judah, the son of Joash, the son of Jehoahaz, at Beth Shemesh, and brought him to Jerusalem, and tore down the wall of Jerusalem from the gate of Ephraim to the corner gate, four hundred cubits. He took all the gold and silver and all the utensils which were found in the house of God with Obed-Edom, and the treasures of the king's house, the hostages also, and returned to Samaria. And Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, lived fifteen years after the death of Joash, son of Jehoahaz, king of Israel. Now the rest of the acts of Amaziah, from first to last, behold, are they not written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel? From the time that Amaziah turned away from following the Lord, they conspired against him in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lachish. And they sent after him to Lachish and killed him there. Then they brought him on horses and buried him with his fathers in the city of Judah. And all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was sixteen years old, and made him king in the place of his father Amaziah. He built Eloth and restored it to Judah after the king slept with his fathers. Uzziah was sixteen years old when he became king, and he reigned fifty-two years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. He did right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He continued to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding through the vision of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God prospered him. Now he went out and warred against the Philistines, and broke down the wall of Gath, and the wall of Jabna, and the wall of Ashdod. And he built cities in the area of Ashdod and among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines, and against the Arabians, who lived in Gerbael, and the Mianites. The Ammonites also gave tribute to Uzziah, and his fame extended to the border of Egypt, for he became very strong. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, and at the valley gate, and at the corner buttress, and fortified them. He built towers in the wilderness, and hewed many cisterns, for he had much livestock, both in the lowland and in the plain. He also had plowmen and vine dressers in the hill country and the fertile fields, for he loved the soil. Moreover, Uzziah had an army ready for battle, which entered combat by divisions according to the number of their muster, prepared by Jael the scribe and Maaseah the official, under the direction of Hananiah one of the king's officers. The total number of the heads of the households of valiant warriors was 2,600. Under their direction was an elite army of 307,500 who could wage war with great power to help the king against the enemy. Moreover, Uzziah prepared for all the army shields, spears, helmets, body armor, bows, and sling stones. In Jerusalem he made engines of war invented by skillful men to be on the towers and on the corners for the purpose of shooting arrows and great stones. Hence his fame spread afar, for he was marvelously helped until he was strong. But when he became strong, his heart was so proud that he acted corruptly, and he was unfaithful to the Lord his God. And he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Then Azariah the priest entered after him, and with him eighty priests of the Lord, valiant men. They opposed Uzziah the king, and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful and will have no honor from the Lord God. But Uzziah, with a censer in his hand for burning incense, was enraged. And while he was enraged with the priests, the leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord, beside the altar of incense. Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked at him, and behold, he was leprous on his forehead. And they hurried him out of there, and he himself also hastened to get out, because the Lord had smitten him. King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death, and he lived in a separate house, being a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. And Jotham his son was over the king's house judging the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, first to last, the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amaz, has written. So Uzziah slept with his fathers and they buried him with his fathers in the field of the grave which belongs to the king. For they said he is a leper. And Jotham his son became king in his place. Jotham was twenty-five years old when he became king, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. He did right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah had done. However, he did not enter the temple of the Lord. But the people continued acting corruptly. He built the upper gate of the house of the Lord, and he built extensively the wall of Ophel. Moreover, he built cities in this hill country of Judah, and he built fortresses and towers on the wooded hills. He fought also with the king of the Ammonites, and prevailed over them, so that the Ammonites gave him during that year one hundred talents of silver, ten thousand cores of wheat, and ten thousand of barley. The Ammonites also paid him this amount in the second and in the third year. So Jotham became mighty because he ordered his ways before the Lord his God. Now the rest of the acts of Jotham, even all his wars and his acts, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. And Jotham slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Ahaz, his son, became king in his place. Ahaz was twenty years old when he became king, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. And he did not do right in the sight of the Lord, as David his father had done but he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. He also made molten images for the Baals. Moreover, he burned incense in the valley of Ben-Hinnom and burned his sons in fire, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had driven out before the sons of Israel. He sacrificed and burned incense on the high places, on the hills, and under every green tree. Wherefore, the Lord his God delivered him into the hand of the king of Aram, and they defeated him, and carried away from him a great number of captives, and brought them to Damascus. And he was also delivered into the hand of the king of Israel, who inflicted him with heavy casualties. For Pekah, the son of Remaliah, slew in Judah one hundred and twenty thousand in one day, all valiant men because they had forsaken the Lord God of their fathers. And Zikri, a mighty man of Ephraim, slew Maaseah the king's son, and Azricom, the ruler of the house, and Elkanah the second to the king. The sons of Israel carried away captive of their brethren 200,000 women, sons, and daughters. And they took also a great deal of spoil from them and brought the spoil to Samaria. But a prophet of the Lord was there, whose name was Oded, and he went out to meet the army which came to Samaria, and said to them, Behold, because the Lord, the God of your fathers, was angry with Judah, he has delivered them into your hand, and you have slain them in a rage which has even reached heaven. Now you are proposing to subjugate for yourselves the people of Judah and Jerusalem for male and female slaves. Surely, do you not have transgressions of your own against the Lord your God? Now therefore, listen to me, and return the captives whom you captured from your brothers. For the burning anger of the Lord is against you. Then some of the heads of the sons of Ephraim, Azariah the son of Yohanan, Berechiah the son of Meshillamoth, Jehizkiah, the son of Shalom, and Amasa, the son of Hadli, arose against those who were coming from the battle, and said to them, You must not bring the captives in here, for you are proposing to bring upon us guilt against the Lord, adding to our sins and our guilt. For our guilt is great, so that his burning anger is against Israel." So the armed men left the captives and the spoil before the officers and all the assembly. Then the men who were designated by name arose, took the captives, and they clothed all their naked ones from the spoil. And they gave them clothes and sandals, fed them and gave them drink, anointed them with oil, led all their feeble ones on donkeys, and brought them to Jericho, the city of palm trees to their brothers, then they returned to Samaria. At that time, King Ahaz sent to the kings of Assyria for help, for again the Edomites had come, and attacked Judah, and carried away captives. The Philistines also had invaded the cities of the lowland and of the Negev of Judah, and had taken Beth Shemesh, Aijalon, Gederoth and Soko with its villages, Timnah with its villages, and Gimzo with its villages, and they settled there. For the Lord humbled Judah because of Ahaz, king of Israel. For he had brought about a lack of restraint in Judah and was very unfaithful to the Lord. So tilgath Pilnazar, king of Assyria, came against him and afflicted him instead of strengthening him. Although Ahaz took a portion out of the house of the Lord and out of the palace of the king and of the princes and gave it to the king of Assyria, it did not help him. Now in the time of his distress, this same king Ahaz became yet more unfaithful to the Lord, for he sacrificed to the gods of Damascus, which had defeated him, and said, Because the gods of the kings of Aram helped them, I will sacrifice to them that they may help me. But they became the downfall of him and all Israel. Moreover, when Ahaz gathered together the utensils of the house of God, he cut the utensils of the house of God in pieces, and he closed the door of the house of the Lord and made altars for himself in every corner of Jerusalem. In every city of Judah... He made high places to burn incense to other gods, and provoked the Lord, the God of his fathers, to anger. Now the rest of his acts and all his ways, from first to last, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. So Ahaz slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city, in Jerusalem. For they did not bring him into the tombs of the kings of Israel. And Hezekiah, his son, reigned in his place. Yet again, another good day of reading more in-depth on the stories that we have already read. And we get to see God's side of things. And again, these are all direct applications for us. Because I love that history exists for a reason, and unfortunately we're living in a culture right now where people are trying to erase the past for probably nefarious reasons, but also just because you don't like something from the past doesn't mean that it should be erased from memory. Why? Because we want to not make the same mistakes over and over and over and repeat history the same way, right? And that's unfortunately going to be the downfall of us if we forget everything that has happened in world history and American history, and now specifically, biblical history. So it's important to not only know what happened in these times, but why God was offended, or why God blessed these people. What was his reason for doing that? And sometimes he just shows grace, right? But From what we saw today, they are direct results of how they treated God. So let that be a lesson for us. So we start off with chapter 24, and we know the story of Joash, but it goes into much more detail on some things. But the key point to his story is that he did well, right? But what does it say in here? It says, after the death of Jehoiada... Then Judah went downhill. When Jehoiada reached a ripe old age, he died. He was 130 years old at his death, and they buried him in the city of David among the kings because he had done well. They treated him like he was a king, which is a wonderful thing to see that God honored him. But the whole point of this is that we see that Jehoiada was the spiritual leader of the people. And Joash was very young when he became king, and he had depended upon Jehoiada for everything. And Jehoiada led him in the proper way. But then we see, as soon as he's gone, Joash does whatever he wants, and he ends up serving false gods. Why didn't you learn from the man that practically raised you? Not only that, but we see another repeat of other kings, like King Asa, when he receives a prophecy from the Lord, and he doesn't like what he hears. He takes it out on the prophet, as if to say, I don't like what you have to say, God. But instead of taking it out on God on a spiritual level, he takes it out on the messenger. And you see that as well here in verse 20. The Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, which is not the prophet Zechariah who wrote the book Zechariah. Let's be clear about that. But he tells them, Why are you transgressing the commandments of the Lord? Because you have forsaken God, he will also forsaken you. And so at the command of the king, they stoned him to death because they didn't like what he said. How dare you address the king in such a way? But do they not realize who said that? It wasn't Zechariah. It said the Spirit of God came on Zechariah. Holy Spirit, God himself spoke through this man, and they did not receive this message from God. So they are issues with God, right? Their are issues not with this man. Their are issues with God, and yet they took it out on him and killed him for it. So Joash forgot the kindness which his father Jehoiada had shown him. Not his biological father, but his spiritual father, the one who raised him. And as he died, he said, may the Lord see and avenge. And indeed, that came true as well. Joash died a miserable death at the end of his life by being murdered himself. And then, so we come to Amaziah, and we start reading him, and at first, at verse 2, you're like, all right, we're going to have a good king here. Because, you know, if we have forgotten who he is, because there's so many kings, right? We're like, okay, what is, what is the synopsis? What does God say about it? He did right in the sight of the Lord. Yet. Oh, boy. Okay. So, he did good for a while, and then yet. He didn't do it with a whole heart. Didn't we read that a day or so ago? where it said that God looks to and fro across the earth for someone whose heart is completely His, so that He can support them. God is always looking to do good to us, but He's inclined to do good to people who obey Him. And if you do not obey Him, why should He help you? He does offer grace to all, the saved and the unsaved, yes, but... Doesn't it say that there's a clear correlation between obedience and prosperity in the Bible? And we immediately think of the word prosperity and we think of money. But that's not necessarily the only thing that can be prosperity. It might be. But there's much other better ways to have prosperity than money. Because we know how much money can corrupt. You'll always have what you need. You'll never lack. That certainly is comforting. So apparently Amaziah had a really cool army, He had a really big army, 300,000 people, but he also hired mercenaries from Israel. And a prophet came and said, what are you doing? Don't mix the army of Israel with yours because Israel is not with God and God is not with them. Do not intermix with those that are against God with the ones that are for God. Don't do it. And Amaziah wanted to respond in a favorable way, right? He wanted to obey, but he was worried about the money because he had given them 100 talents of silver. you are talking about almost four tons of silver. And he wasn't going to get that money back. And so Amaziah is like, what am I supposed to do with the money? I'm going to lose all this money but he doesn't understand who God is because he responds, the Lord has much more to give you than this. Do not limit God in what he's able to do. And that is a reoccurring theme in the Bible. And I think it's a reoccurring theme in our own lives as well. We underestimate God's ability to do anything. And we put limits on his power because we limit our imagination and we limit our understanding of him because we don't have proper understanding of him. God is the God of multiplication, and he spoke and everything came into existence, and it was easy for him. If he can create the universe instantly with a word, Can't he stoop down to your individual level and cause something great to happen to you? That certainly is a lot easier for him than creating the universe, wouldn't you think? He can do anything if you have faith. You have to have faith. The Lord has much more to give you than what you have right now. But he looks for those whose heart is completely His. Don't be like these kings in the past. This is not a history lesson. This is a spiritual application to learn from the mistakes of people who came before us. I hope we get that. This is not a history lesson. While it is a history lesson, that's not the point, though. There's a moral to these stories. And there is a moral application to walk away from with this at the end of each reading, as it has been from the very beginning. That is the depth of the Bible. And the Holy Spirit has much to speak to us everywhere in the Bible. The whole Bible is spiritual application. So pay attention to what's going on here because we need to see this. So if we see God responding in a way that is good for us, then we need to follow after that. If God responds negatively to something, obviously that's something we should stay away from. Whatever is described here is something that we need to either do or not do. That is a direct application. It's not necessarily topical in terms of, I'm going to pick and choose verses in the Bible that talk about a particular topic, but these are all over the course of life that we have to look at this, and we need to see that people stray in so many various ways. And when those who actually obey the Lord, you see how much they prosper. And what is the saddest thing of all is we are exactly the same as these people. So we can make fun of these guys. We can call them weak or stupid but we do it all the time we are no better and we are no different from them because the same foolish mistakes they make we do it too the same way as we abandon the lord when things look good we do it too when the word of the lord comes to us which is his bible and we don't like what the bible says and we want our own opinion They're doing it too, and we do it. We are no different from them. That is the human condition that has been this way from time immemorial. So this is all directly applicable to us. So we see Amaziah respond the same way as his father did. When the word of the Lord came to him, a prophet was sent by God. Why are you doing this? Why aren't you... Trusting in the Lord who delivered you? He's like, who are you? Who appointed you a royal counselor? And the prophet is like, I'm trying to tell you that God wants to destroy you, and you're not listening. So certainly we need to obey the Lord. And who are you, royal counselor? You're speaking to the king of kings. He is the Lord on the throne, not you, Amaziah. You're only king because he allowed you to be king. You are subject to him, not the other way around. And then you see in chapter 25, you also see the king of uh, Israel act kind of wise here. It's like, why are you trying to pick a fight with me just because you had a successful battle with Edom? Don't do this to yourself, and don't do this to your nation, because you're you're not going to win. But Amaziah's like, I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. And they lost. What do you know? What a surprise, right? Shocker. Then we see King Uzziah take over. King Uzziah seemed to be a better leader at first. He did a lot of good things. And he was better than his he's better than his dad. He was better than his grandfather. And apparently he was not only a man of nature, because he loved the soil, like which we didn't see that the first time, but he also had an impressive army. Not only that, but he also made engines of war. What does that mean? Well, back then siege engines were catapults. So they had invented catapults at this time. And he even gave his people which you don't see a whole lot of body armor. So we see we see the invention of catapults and perhaps some sort of device that launches multiple arrows at once. And we see that God helped him through this and his heart was glad with the Lord until He let it get to his head, and then he abandoned the Lord. And then he did something that is something we need to know here. Because I mentioned in the beginning of my my prayer, we're learning on Wednesday nights at my church about Christology, about the study of Jesus Christ. And there's three different offices that Jesus holds, and that's prophet, and that's priest, and that's king. And he occupies all three. Men are not supposed to occupy more than three normally. In the Bible, you don't see that. So for example, and it's done intentionally. So you see this in King Uzziah. He's king, right? But he should not be a prophet and he should not be a priest because those roles are unique to themselves. So here we see Uzziah going into the, the temple of the Lord trying to burn incense like he's a priest. And they you see the response. You can't be doing that. There's Levites for that. God appointed specific people for these tasks. God also appoints the prophets. So it's Him who decides these roles. You stay as your role as the king and do well in that. And we see His eye is like, no, I want to do whatever I want. And then He gets smitten with leprosy. Now, that's a terrible way to end your life, but that's what it is. He ended his life as a leper. Then we see King Jotham, nothing really big happened here, but it said that Jotham was mighty because he ordered his ways before the Lord his God, and overall very good things came from him. Not a whole lot of details about what he did, but it said that overall he was mighty because he did what God wanted him to do, and that's important. May that be a lesson for us as well. And then we have King Ahaz, who was a bad king. And he was worse than some of the other ones that we've had recently. Then we see this interesting story about, which was not in the original Kings, how the prophet Oded came and told them that, why are you trying to enslave the people of Judah and take them to Israel? You're going to add sin upon sin, and the Lord is going to repay you for that. He is angry. And they listened to him, and that was interesting because Israel doesn't listen to God for anything, but they did, and they treated them very well. We didn't see this before, and this is a very, a very interesting perspective. The whole point behind this was that Israel and Judah were not supposed to enslave each other because they were brothers. They're relatives. They're family, technically. They may be estranged, and they may be wayward, but they are still family, remember, God united Israel as 12 tribes. That was the original intent. They divided themselves, but God had always intended for the nation of Israel to be the 12 tribes. And God still sees his covenant in that very same light, that it is with the 12 tribes. Now, he favors Judah because Judah, for the most part, obeys him. There's some kings in there that do not, but In the case of this, King Ahaz did not. But again, we don't see any good kings come out of Israel. And so his heart is with Judah. And since he also named Jerusalem the place of his dwelling, and also the line of David being in Judah, God is with them. But we just see Ahaz be very unfaithful to the Lord, and That is the example that his son, Hezekiah, starts on the throne with. And we know from the previous reading that King Hezekiah was one of the best kings that Judah ever had. And that's the proper thing to see, is I do not want to repeat the mistakes that my parents and my grandparents made. I'm going to break these family curses. And I hope that we have family curses in our lives that we want to break and we are actively trying to break and the Lord will bless that. It may not be done in the way that we want, but we certainly should strive to be better than those who came before us, and that is exactly why this is written for us. But anyway, that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.